Welcome to another episode of Ew, That's Creepy. This week, our theme will be Deadly Pets. Jackie's going to kick us off with a brief history of snake handling, and then discusses just how unpredictable snakes can be. I'm creeped out already. Hello, everybody. We're back with another episode. Ooh, that's creepy podcast. <laughs> Today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, deadly pets. Uh, <laughs> pets that attack. Pets that attack. We're not talking dogs and cats, obviously. Yeah, we could probably do an episode on dogs. Maybe not. No, I don't want to do dogs. No, I don't want to do that either because that's sad, but I'm sure it's happened. But the most no. loving creatures of I'd the say universe. This, let's say this is exotic pet attacks. Okay. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> exotic pet attacks. So, I guess I should have said it's Jackie because I don't know if you guys can tell our voices apart because they sound so similar. People say that, but... It's Jackie, bitch. I'm going to be telling the story today. <laughs> it's Jackie, bitch. I just always think of Kelly. That was funny. I just always think of Kelly saying Melissa from Finance. Oh, <laughs> my God. Bitch. Yeah. Shout out to Kelly. You know who you are. We'll just say Kelly. Melissa from Finance. That's all we have to say. And she'll know who, uh, who we're addressing. So Melissa from Finance will be listening today. <laughs> And um, I'm going to start with the tail. Go, Jackie. Go, 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 go. So the story, there's a lot of info in some places and not a lot of information in other places, as there usually is. So just bear with me. I'm just nervous. Are you all right? Are you all right? Okay. So this uh, story mainly happens in Middlesbrough, Kentucky, which Kentucky. is... <laughs> which is Bell County. And it happens at the Full Gospel Tabernacle in Jesus' Name Church. Girl. That's what it's called. a church story. I thought we were doing pets. Yeah, I kind of thought that, but I don't know what else you would call them because they're not having them for research purposes. So it's like, what else are they, though, other than pets? Well, well not pets, but like... Yeah. I don't even know what we're talking about, but I'll let you get down to our story. Yeah. There's only one thing I can imagine that it would be at a church, so... Oh, yeah, just let me keep going, but <laughs> I don't know what else they... I mean, I guess they're not specifically, yeah, your typical pets, like, I'm keeping you to pet you and love you and be my friend, but they're not being kept in the wild or in any sort of captivity, so I still think they fall into this general nature of people just having exotic animals. Okay. So... In Bell County, I'm just going to give you guys a little um, layout of the county. The population is mostly white and poor um, and kind of undereducated. Only 10% of the residents have graduated college. Only 66% had graduated high school. And I'm pretty sure this is a survey from, um, not a survey, but a discussion from 2012 Obviously, we will link the articles below, but um, yeah, so that 45% of the population lived in poverty, and 60% of the working age population didn't have a job, so um, it's a small town, 
kind of just a little, I would say, not run down, but it's definitely poor. not. Yeah, it's poor. <laughs> it's not like a big ass city or anything. Okay. So, churches in not Ari- a good already not a good place for an exotic pet. No, but churches usually are like tend to thrive more in obviously smaller communities. So that's true. Um, in snake handling, if anybody is from Southeast. America would know that snake handling is a part of churches in the South. So I'm going to explain what it is. Girl. I'm going to explain where it came from. So it um, started basically with a man named George Hensley. He is an early 20th century. He was a moonshiner to start with, and then he turned into a minister in Tennessee Um, he preached in Pentecostal churches that were more on the, like, ecstatic side of worship and, you know, the ones that danced and yelled and weren't afraid to show their emotions. Um. Yes. (laughs) That was me being at one of the churches. Sing it. Um, it said that they often, I don't mean to laugh, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's just one of those things that. I guess because I'm not used to it. I'm like, what? But it said that they spoke in tongues whenever the Holy Spirit um, compelled them to do so. They would just speak uh, in a language that came to them and wasn't English. Anything about speaking in tongues is never going to sit right with me just because of all the demon shit that we watch and everything when people are possessed and they speak in tongues and that's what it makes me think of and that freaks me out. I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's all like that. I'm not going to judge anybody in case anybody does That's not what it is. That's not what I'm saying it is, but that's just what it makes me think of, so it freaks me out. Yeah, it's just, it's definitely different. Um, Yeah, but Hensley was big into this, and yeah, he was a minister, and he became really, really obsessed, and like, he really just liked the verse Mark 16, 17 through 18, which is the passage in the Bible that references snakes and taking up snakes. Um, He saw that this passage included the word shall so he saw this was like a commandment that was something that they had to do and he believed that if you followed Jesus then like it was basically your duty to handle snakes because it said shall what the hell a very literal textual reading of the bible um which you know is different because a lot of people read the Bible for the metaphors and all that. But anyway, he took that very literally, and one day he ended the sermon, he read the passage, and he pulled out a rattlesnake out of a box and held it up as he ended his preaching. And then he handed it to his congregants next to him, and they passed it along themselves, and they held it too. And soon that just became his thing. He just started traveling and preaching and obviously that got people's attention and yeah it kind of just picked on and throughout the years he just started it and other people kind of rolled with it I think they liked it and other churches incorporated that practice into their own church what the fuck (laughs) 
If you, like, I'm just picturing if someone on the side of the street whipped out a snake and started preaching, you think you would be in a fucking New York City subway station or something. I mean, they're in church, but I would be, uh, I would be It's just, like, I don't understand the purpose of the snake. There are passages, many passages about a lamb. I'm not going to go get a baby I mean, little people cute used lamb. To do that though. I just, I just really um, don't like handling wild animals in a way yeah. that they're not supposed to be handled. So I don't. I obviously don't think a snake's purpose in any way is to be handled. And, and you shown know. off and raised like that, so I I just can't really get behind that. But I'm not here to tell my personal opinion, so I'm just gonna keep going with the okay. story. Keep going before I go on a rant. Yeah, because <laughs> let's not rant. Because you know what? If that if you believe that, and you know your family might believe that, uh, I'm not gonna say <laughs> I'm not gonna say that's great because I do think that's like not good for the animal. But we're not judging. Do whatever you think is great. But anyway. So, he started it, Hensley started it, after that it picked up, um, and today it's not really exactly sure how many churches engage in snakes, because I don't think anyone's necessarily taking surveys, or people would be honest about that anyway, (laughs) but, like, the studies I read said there could be from, like, 40 to, like, 140, 150, somewhere around that range. Most of them are small, and yeah, most of them are in southeastern America, so, it kind of, it's gotten bigger in the years, which is funny because I really don't hear anything of it, but we'll just, I'm going to discuss a survey at the end that was taken in 2012, and it the survey was specifically done because snake handling has gotten more big. The snake survey. And just people, well, not just snake handling in churches, but the number of people who own snakes really, really, really increased. And I think, like, I would say the 90s up until now, it just has gotten, like, more popular and more of a thing. So, there's a survey at the end that I'm going to talk about. But, anyway. So, the full gospel tabernacle in Jesus' name church was Let's founded. get back to them. Yeah, that long, long name. was founded in Middlesbrough in 1978. So, it's kind of old. It was founded by Tommy Coots. So that other guy before that was just like the first guy who yeah, introduced yeah. snakes into, yeah, he has nothing at the to, churches. Yeah, he has honestly nothing to do with the story. I just wanted to say where it came from because I honestly had no idea. And um, this is no, something that like literally that started in America. So a lot of practices. Shocker. Well, a lot of practices we obviously adopt from way back when. Like this is something that's newer and happened in America. So sounds pretty American. Yeah. So. Tommy Coots started the church in Kentucky in 1978. He eventually turned the church over to his son, Greg. Mm -hmm. Greg Coots was, like, not really about being a pastor. He wasn't super into it. So he turned it over to his son, Jamie, who is basically the main character of this story. So Gregory James Coots, a.k.a. Jamie, was born on November 17th, 1971 in Middlesbrough. Um, so, he was young when the church was started, but it's not like he would have really had much to do with it. 
Okay. But, yeah, so his granddad started it, passed it over to his dad. His dad didn't really want to be pastor, and he passed it over to him. So, yeah, his granddad, Tommy, was a snake handler. So, snake handling has always just kind of been a thing in this church. <laughs> I'm not going to say the name because it is kind of, it's difficult to keep saying the name. Okay. I'll just say full gospel. So, yeah, snake handling has always kind of been a thing in full gospel. And that's you, like their family thing, like at the age of 23. I mean, yeah. Snake. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind of is. They say that. You only really do it once you're 18. Like, obviously, I'm going to assume for liability reasons, you can only handle the snakes when you're 18. And people of the church, because Cody, the son, has done some interviews about this. And people in the church have done interviews about it, too. And they say you just hold the snake whenever you feel called. They don't do it every single service. But um, whenever they feel called, they will take the snake out of the box. They will hold it, and they will continue to say their prayers, and they'll pass it around. And that's basically... People have said that they it feels very, very peaceful, and they feel very close to God, even though it's very scary. Um, some people say it like gives them a high. One guy even interviewed and said that he actually quit drugs from doing this because... He said that he got some sort of high, um, a different sort of, I mean, it is, they say it's a different sort of adrenaline rush holding this poisonous thing, and in their hearts, they believe that they're protected by God, so they're, you know, Mm -hmm. it's an adrenaline rush, and yeah, they say, you know, it kind of gives you a high. I want to do this, but, like, with a baby lamb reference when I can just hold a... A kitten, yeah. I just want to hold a kitten off it. I'm sure... I don't think there are any kitten verses in the Bible, but... No, but a kitten would be cool. Anyway, so, it sounds... It's not... Yeah, it sounds what it sounds like. <laughs> it is what it sounds like. It sounds bad, because I'm going to tell you, in 1993, uh. it was when some injuries first started occurring for Jamie Coots and his church. No. So, um, Jamie Coots got married, and a few years after his marriage was the first time that he got bit, and he got bit on his... (laughs) The first time. Actually, I'm not, uh I'm not even gonna say that probably is the first time. Um, I think this was, like, the first time that he got bit during a prayer service that he was leading. Um, I don't know how many times he's actually gotten bit, like, in his life from snakes. But that was the first time, like, in church when people are watching. So, yeah, he was doing his, leading his congregation in prayer, and he got bit on his left arm from a rattlesnake. He told everybody there to just continue to pray for him and to not call anybody and not call 911 because he believed that if it was his time to die then that was his time, and if it wasn't, then God would save him, so there was really no need to worry, and that there was no need to panic, and so everybody just kind of followed his lead and followed what he said and got down and prayed, and he did recover without getting treatment. What? Yeah. Damn. That's yeah. just, like, in the campaign when he's, like... Girl, you already <laughs> When he gets bit by the snake and he fucking the jumps out the window. We need to... We're just gonna have to play a clip at the end. We're gonna have to end this with the recording of Will Ferrell when he... 
when he gets bit by the snake in that movie. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you have to go watch after we tell this tale because it really gives you a good depiction of snake handling <laughs> as sad as it is because that movie's a comedy. It it shows snake handling at the church and Will Ferrell gets bit and it's just like his reaction. A good is depiction. So his reaction cracks me up. I was thinking about that the whole time I did this episode. <laughs> Not a good depiction of churches handling snakes, but of someone getting bit and freaking out. So Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, Jamie got bit that first time in front of the church in 1993. Wow. Everybody prayed for him, and he recovered. That probably hurt like a bitch. I'm sure, but in 1995, there was a woman named Melinda Brown who was um, a member of the church. She was 28 years old, and she was from Tennessee. And in 1980, Melinda had met John Brown at a church in Georgia, um, the two had gotten married, and they had kids, and they had started attending, um, the Tabernacle Church in okay. Middlesbrough. Okay. So, they're very into this. Her husband, John... This is just a random couple at the church? Well, yeah, but I'm gonna okay. talk about them. Yeah, they're very into this. They're younger, yeah, she's 28, and the husband is... I think, like, more into this than she is. Snake handling? But, yeah. Okay. Just into the church, into snake handling. This isn't, like, their first time there. But in 1995, Melinda was handling snakes during one of the services, and she was bitten. <gasps> um, she was handling a yellow timber rattlesnake, and she was bitten on her left arm. Ow. When she was bitten, her husband, like was really shook, obviously, and was getting freaked out and was like, let me take you to the hospital. And Melinda said no, because that was just like what, yeah, they were told to do if they had gotten bit was just to pray. So they took Melinda to um, Pastor Jamie Coots's house in Middlesbrough. And her husband continued to beg, like, for her to go to the hospital. But after two days um, <gasps> of suffering... Two days of being bit, she passed away in Jamie Coots's house. Damn. And an ambulance was finally called to take her to a hospital, but she was pronounced dead at arrival. So. Wow. You know damn well, too, she said to her husband, you didn't pray hard enough. <laughs> no, I really don't, actually. I think her husband was like, because her family was like, what, when that happened, her family was like, what the hell? And I'm sure they were like, why didn't you take her to the hospital? <laughs> I mean, they were like, yeah, they were like, why didn't you? And they didn't believe that she said no. But like, there were multiple people there. It wasn't just her husband. Like, Pastor Jamie was there, and I'm pretty sure his family was there, so... Yeah, they were like, I'm sorry, but that's just what happened. Like, they were like, yeah, she refused help. We tried. The husband said he tried, and she said no, so. From, from a legal standpoint, could they sue the church for that? Well, they definitely tried. Not to, I don't know if they sued 100%, but they obviously told the police, like, what the hell, you should look into the pastor about that. But, yeah, the police came to the conclusion that she said that she didn't want help. So, there's, I mean, 
Yeah. I guess. Legally, if, if someone refuses help because of their religion, you can't make them. Oh. And the, she's saying this because of her religion. I didn't know that, actually. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you go to the hospital, you can refuse any sort of help, really, because of your religion. They can't force it upon you. And she was sane and insane mind, and she refused help, and sadly, she passed away. Um, and, yeah, actually, they said that when her husband was, like, it was two days into her suffering, her husband was, like, literally get help, and she said to her husband, have you lost your faith? So, yeah, her husband, John Brown, continued, though, to handle snakes after Melinda's death. Fuck. And in 1998, three years later, at the age of 34, he was actually killed by a snake while <gasps> preaching at his own church in Alabama. Oh. So on October 3rd, 1998, he was giving um, a sermon in Macedonia when he picked up a three-foot yellow timber rattlesnake, <gasps> which is also the same kind that killed his wife. What if it was the same one? Yeah, I don't think it was. Because <laughs> this is in a different state. The snake, they said that he was doing his service, and this is on video, so, because people in the church, it's not crazy to record. Mm -hmm. I didn't try to look it up, because I thought that was disrespectful, and I didn't really want to see it when there's a description. So, it said that the snake stiffened into a V-shape while um, John was holding it, and he was saying that it won't bite, and that... There's no sense really to be scared and that the Lord would be there with him and make sure everything was all right. And all of a sudden, the snake just bit into his middle finger, like at the base of his middle finger, just out of nowhere, just beat, beat, bit in him real quick, beat, beat in him real quick. And he just kept going and like people were like, oh, what's happening and he just kept talking, and he handed the snake over to another guy who, like, walked up over to him behind the altar. Oh, I would um, be so scared to go grab the snake after that. Yeah, and he was he was saying, God's still God no matter what comes. And they said his voice was relaxed but reassuring, and it kind of just started losing its momentum. His voice just started ge- going out. And his last words were while he was preaching, and he said, no matter what else, God's still God. And he started to walk, you know, in front of the altar. He was kind of starting to stumble. Um, His left hand was on the pulpit, and another guy came over to kind of grab his shoulder and keep him up. But eventually, um, I think they sat down, and I think they said, like, do you want to call help? And he said, no. And they lowered him on the floor, and he told the church to keep singing, and they did, and he died. Oh, my God. Right there on film, three years after his life. If that happened now in 2020, people would be texting, like, holy shit, you'll never believe what's going on. Oh, church yeah. church pastor's literally dying as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So That's sad. Both of them died from a snake bite. Yeah, and they had kids, so it breaks my heart because I don't know exactly what happened. I know, I'm not going to include this in the episode because it really was just, I like drama, but I was like, I'm not going to talk about that now that he's dead too. But 
Before John passed away, I think there was a really lengthy and kind of heated custody battle of what to do with the kids after Melinda died because I think that they, since John didn't like render aid to his dying wife, right? They They've probably judged him for that. I don't I'm remember sure. exactly what the outcome was because yeah, I just didn't want to write about it and include it because I don't think that matters a whole lot about his life to be remembered for the custody battle but um it was a part in there but yeah sadly both melinda and john brown passed away from snake the same snake not the same exact snake (laughs) the same kind of snake possibly the same snake we don't know for sure yeah so also in 1998 jamie coots was bitten for the second time well preaching damn um a rattler (laughs) bit his middle finger so it must just be common because you're holding it for Uh the snake to bite your hand how wait how far too was it from between when melinda and her husband got three years she died and jamie first got bit while preaching in 1993 melinda died in 1995 john died in 1998 and pastor jamie also got his second bite while preaching in 1998, this bite um, actually turned his arm purple and his like body began to blister. And the venom killed the tip of his finger and his finger actually fell off. But he still refused medical help. And this incident, this incident became like kind of popular. And he was actually on CNN about it to like discuss the church and discuss snake handling. What the uh, yeah, so he was kind of getting some clout, <laughs> and so in 2008, he was actually arrested for handling snakes. Um, he was arrested among 10 people. Um, wildlife officers were in the middle, they were doing a crackdown on, like, a venomous snake trade. Mm-hmm. So they seized more than 100 snakes, most of them were deadly from hundred, yeah, from Kentucky. So oh, I thought you were gonna say from their church. Well, it was like multiple people, but they had they just I think it was just multiple people. They busted them. Pastor Jamie Coots was one of them. And I they thought you had, were gonna say they got a hundred snakes from that church. I was gonna well, say, no. Well, listen, they had snakes and all different kind of snakes: copperheads, rattlesnakes, um, cobras. And they also, I think, got an alligator. What? Yeah. So. Where in the Bible is there an alligator first? I have no idea. But, so, Pastor Jamie was charged with buying, selling, and possessing illegal reptiles. And they said that most of the, the reptiles had probably been captured in the wild or were um, imported from Asia or Africa. And they said that most of them were going to become pets if they hadn't been seized so yeah yeah and one of the officers when that happened this is literally a quote from one of the officers in 2008 who did the bust he said you can purchase anything off the internet except common sense a venomous snake isn't a pet you don't play with it if you do you're an idiot (laughs) truth so yeah in 2008 people were already kind of like you need to cool it with that snake handling. Yeah. But in, so yeah, 
That, I think, kind of also gave him a little more popularity because he was already on CNN in 1998, so I'm sure that was on a headline. Yeah. But he... Now he's notorious. Well, he got even more attention because he was featured on a National Geographic show called Snake Salvation, which aired um, on September... 10th 2013 and okay. it mainly focused on coots and his teachings and the practices of the pentecostal <laughs> church in snake handling okay but the series quickly came to an end in 2014 in february so it's really only been on for a couple months and it came to an end because on february 15th 2014 coots was preaching at his church in kentucky there were 35 to 40 members um, at the church when he was preaching that day. He was handling three rattlesnakes, and um, they were like one or two f- feet long, or maybe longer than that. They're not three. Well, yeah, he's like handling multiple snakes. They said all of a sudden he's talking MJ. What are you doing? Sorry, my dog's going crazy. You're they- outdoing yourself now at three. Yeah. Well, yeah, they said he's going about his service, and all of a sudden, one of the snakes um, bit, one of the rattlesnakes bit into the base of his right thumb. Oh, God. He continued to preach, obviously, continued to wrap up his sermon, because I think the snakes is always at the end, you know, it's usually they engage in prayer, they pray for others, people speak, all that. Someone's and, on Twitter, like, Pastor got bit again yeah. by the snake breaking. At, yeah, at, yeah. at the end. Send prayers, hashtag tweet. Tease and peace, tease and peace. Thoughts and prayers, everybody. But at the end, that's Tweets usually... and prayers. That's usually how they wrap it up, is with the snake handling. So, um, that was, like, at the end of the service. So, he got bit on his right thumb, and I think he was like, uh, wrap it up. So, <laughs> he, prayers, everyone. at the conclusion of the service, he went into the bathroom and he began throwing up oh, pretty God. quickly. And he said that his face started to feel like it was on fire. <gasps> and his son, I think they knew that this was different than the others. So, his son went to get the car keys to take his dad home. And um, his dad, Jamie, was already losing consciousness. So... There was another snake handler there um, from Tennessee who kind of, it was a, he was a preacher too, and he kind of, like, knew that this was some serious stuff. So he, like, yelled for help, and him and Cody put Jamie in the car. Um, they said his dad was basically, because Cody, yeah, gave interviews about this, and he said his dad was That's basically, yeah, Cody's okay. the son. He said his dad, Jamie, was basically, like, dead weight at this point, and it took five guys to carry him to the car and they said that they put pastor jamie in the car they were able to drive him home um they said yeah he's in and out of consciousness but they were able to get him into a recliner in the living room in his home um and he regained some consciousness once he got home they said that they called the ambulance who went in the home but when they got there they were like no, we don't want you here. So they left. Oh, God. They tried to get the Coots family to let them work on Jamie, but they refused, and Jamie refused. He, yeah, like, strongly, strongly opposed that, so they were like, no. Yeah, we're praying. Bye. Basically. And so, yeah, they left, and 
that, I mean, that's obviously typical to rely on prayer in their faith. So, um, his wife, Linda, had actually signed a form right then and there declining treatment for her husband because they knew he was going to die. So they were like, okay. And the son, Cody, and um, police officers were witnesses there. So the ambulance crew left the house at 9, 10 p.m. And the deputy coroner said that they were back and he had pronounced Jamie Coots dead by 1016. Less than an hour later, after the ambulance left, that oh. was how quick he passed. And he Damn. passed away in My the recliner. Just stayed. Basically, and he passed away in the recliner of his home. Yeah, and it was two hours after the bite that he died. And sadly, Jamie Coots passed away. So this is victim number three to a snake in a church. Yep, victim number three. Snake in a church sounds like a band or something. It does. So, Cody took over the church, and he still is the head of the church to this day. Um, in 2018, when he was talking about this, he kind of said that, yeah, a typical day in his church is that they all kneel and pray together. When they're done, they sing, and Cody plays the drums while his mom, Linda... Or, Cody plays the guitar while his mom, Linda, plays the drums. Um, the tempo picks up a bit, and then, if they feel called to, he, just as his father did, takes out the snakes. Well, oh, my... He usually has a rattlesnake, a copperhead, and a cottonmouth, or multiple of them that are in boxes. They pick them up, they lift them in the air, and they continue to dance and sing, just as this father did. But... I'm over them. I'm over the snakes. I'm sorry. (laughs) In 2018, Cody made, like, a little, like, 20-minute documentary about everything in his church and put it on YouTube. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't watch it. I didn't have time to watch it. I, yeah, I just didn't. Because I read interviews that he did, so I didn't really feel the need to watch that. But... There is a video in 2018 of um, Cody preaching before a very small crowd. In the video, he's holding a rattlesnake in his hands, and um, he's letting other people hold the snake. They're, he's wrapping the snake around his neck and kind of, you know, going back and forth, just talking. Um, and in the video, he's addressing the worshipers, saying, God is almighty, and he's here, and, you know, it's all calm and stuff. But as Cody turned to the audience, the rattlesnake all of a sudden bit him in the right side of his head, right near his <gasps> ear. Fuck. Yeah, so this is different. The other ones all were biting on the arms and the hand. This one just bit right into his head. And this is all on video. Blood, like, just came splattered on his shoulder. It? No, there were pictures. I didn't want to watch it. Because I just, I just don't like things with animals. Even if it's the animals doing the biting... I don't, it just makes me kind of upset, so I didn't watch it, but... Snakes are so fast at it, too. Exactly. He was just like, snake. Oh, exactly. And they said, yeah, blood instantly started coming down on his shirt and was profusely flowing. Um, But they said he kept going. He told the church to keep going. He said, I'm not worried at all. Don't worry. God is a healer. And these are my sins. The videos are there so you can see them. Um... So, he did later on go to the hospital, though. Like, he went about, continued the sermon. He did go to the hospital, and they said at the hospital, the doctor was like, I will literally not treat you if you continue to do this. Like, you need 
to switch something up. Oh. And Cody did say that he would try to switch something up and try to, like, cool it and stuff. I think that did, like, shake him a bit and give him a wake-up call because he did seek treatment from the hospital. That's, like, the first person in his family to do that. He did seek treatment from the hospital. We need to get these motherfucking saints out of this motherfucking church. church. Yeah. (laughs) So that's the story with the Coots family. Cody is still leading the church. Um, I'm not exactly sure if he's still doing as much snake stuff. I'll have to tune into it. But in 2012, yeah, there was um, a study on snakes, and it said that there's approximately 15 to 20 deaths from constrictor snakes a year, victims ranging from 7 months (gasps) to 47 years old. I just want to mention just a couple because I see a lot of people on social media owning snakes, and sometimes I truly believe it's because snakes look cool and are really cool. All these fucking celebrities. And they want to own them because they think that's cool. But a lot of these stories really highlighted that even if you're a good snake owner, snakes can just be unpredictable. Oh, yeah. So, I'm Is just it- going to say these really, really quick because I don't want to go on. But these were all stories where I was like, people need to watch out. So, this is from, yeah, that 2012 study that listed some things. And it was from the, like, Humane Society. So... In Napa, California in 2013, a teen reached for their alarm clock and was bitten by a three-foot bow constrictor that somehow got into the apartment. They had no idea where it came from. The teen was treated at the hospital for a bite, but the panic attack was worse. An animal control was called in and they got the snake from under her bed. And I think it was very hard for her to recover. Could you imagine? You would never reach for an alarm clock again. Exactly. In 2009, in Florida, a two-year-old girl was killed in her crib by an (gasps) eight-and-a-foot-half python who escaped from the enclosure in her home. The snake was only 13 pounds, so small. They said, though, it was severely underweight, and even though they had purchased it seven years earlier, it was severely underweight, and it escaped and ate the child (gasps) because it was so hungry. I mean, I don't think it full-on, it didn't eat the child, but I... It How suffocated it? the child, and the mother and her boyfriend were convicted of third-degree murder <gasps> for that. Oh. So, yeah. Another case in Florida in 1999, an 18-month boy was playing on the patio and was almost squeezed to death by a python that came up and bit him on the face and uh. on the skull, and they said that if his dad wouldn't have rescued him, it easily would have killed him. Uh. In 2001, in Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania, which is <gasps> right near me and Melissa have ties to there, an eight-year-old girl was strangled by her father's 11-foot pet Burmese python. Um, the child had been left at home alone, which is already like, what the hell? Eleven! And the snake had broken through the cage. Paramedics said she was not breathing, and she died two days later. And they said the cause of death was compression of the neck and chest. 11 feet. Tell yep. me what need and what do you even get from having an 11 foot fucking snake in And it's sad house. because a lot of the times kids are dying at the expense of their parents owning these snakes. Right. But one more I just want to mention really quick because this one I was like, damn. In 1993 in Colorado, a 15 year old boy was killed by his brother's 11 foot python. 
Um, he had snake bites on his body, and they said that he was suffocated to death. But the family had had the snake for eight years, and it had been a family pet the whole time, since it was only a foot long, basically since it was a baby. And, they, and think, a 15-year-old boy, like, you're not just a little baby. You're right. somewhat powerful. Okay, but... So, and this, it, they had it as a pet for eight years, and it's it's still... And this is my argument to all those people who you can get cats and dogs, and you're right, but how many times have all of us who had cats and dogs, your cat has bapped you on the face, mm-hmm. or a dog has yep. accidentally bit someone? Imagine if that's a, a snake. snake. It takes one time, and you're yeah. dead. And a lot of these ones, a lot of these ones were people, even ones I didn't mention, I just want to mention those because it's really sad that a lot of these kids are dying and it just shows snakes are getting into people's homes when it's not even their snake. Like and they're that's coming fucked from up too. And that's terrifying. But there were a lot of stories of regular dolls getting treatment, getting bitten, getting almost strangled to death from their pet snakes mm-hmm. when they were feeding them or something. And bam, just like that. Yep. Oh. So that's that. That's my story. I cannot believe that that was a husband and wife who died, and then a pastor who they knew and died, died and then his and then son, then his almost, son died. almost died. Yep. All in this little town, like just goes. Well, it was in Kentucky and Alabama, but it just goes to show yeah. that you really need to be careful. The one woman's husband was in Alabama, but yeah, that's just. Oof. Yeah. Well. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope you liked my <laughs> story. Snakes um, out of here. Sorry, now I just no, turned it no. into SpongeBob. Just ruin it. <laughs> I just turned it into the SpongeBob episode when they just go. So. All right, well, thanks for coming to our little story. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.